Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dano, and with me we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Thanks, Dano. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. It's our first buy-round special, so... Let's get straight into the injuries, Pato. Take it away. And we've got a fucking huge one straight up. Yeah, uh, this is a big one, literally and uh, figuratively as well. Brody Grundy is in 57% of teams. So this hurts a lot of teams. Um, we'll talk about him a little bit later, I think. But he's got a pinched nerve in his neck. So they reckon it's two to three weeks, but he's seeing a specialist. So... I have actually said earlier on in the year um, to some guys that I talked to about Supercoach, some mates of mine, and um, I'm a little bit concerned. I have been a little bit concerned about if Brody Grundy was to pick up some sort of niggling injury, whether or not they might just put him on ice. They're not going to make finals. I hope I'm wrong, obviously. Um, let's, let's talk about that later, Pato, because we've got a few questions okay. about Grundy. We'll keep powering yeah. through these injuries. So, Cam Guthrie did his AC joint, was laid out. Um, we thought he might be a laid out. He's on the bye this week, so he should be good after two weeks. Um, what's going on with McCreary? Yeah, so he's listed as a test. So that calf, obviously, they'll see how he pulls up through training. Uh, I think you, if you've still got him, you need to keep him this week if he plays. Um, but, yeah, just keep an eye on teams for that. Yep. Tim Kelly, uh, he's... Did his knee? I'm not sure exactly what happened there, Pato, um, but he's listed down in several weeks. Yeah, he's done a medial on his knee. So they said several weeks. That's probably at least a four to six weeker, if not even more. So a bit unlucky if you've got Tim Kelly. He was a decent pod. So, um, yeah, unlucky on that one. You'll have to trade him out probably. Yeah, Aaron Hall went for – well, didn't go for the rub and tug, but he just went for the rub. <laughs> but he returned. Um, he'll be fine. He's got the week off. Um, what happened with Sam Berry, though, Pato? Uh, just a bit of concussion. So he got subbed out of the game. Um, I was absolutely sloshed during that game. So I don't even remember seeing it, to be honest. Um, for those that don't know, I'm a huge Chelsea fan. And we won the European Champs League on Sunday morning. That yeah, game started at 5 a.m. I'd had a beer cracked by 5.05. So... That's the sort of state I would have was in, I'm sure you can imagine, by 2 o'clock. Yeah, um, um, mate, just go wash you know, your mouth out because this is a fucking AFL Supercoach podcast and you're talking fucking soccer on here. So wash your mouth out. Um, we'll go to the bubble boys now. <laughs> so it's a bit of a weird one because we've got three guys that are on the bubble, but they've got the buy, and then two good options that have only played one game, Pato. Yeah, a bit of a different one this week. Um, I wouldn't usually recommend going early on anyone, but we've got two really good options, which we'll talk about probably just after we mention the guys that are actually on the bubble. So the first one is Ned Reeves. Um, he's 123,000 ruck, negative 98 break even and an 86 average. So treading on your territory a little bit here, Dana, because you're the one that usually reads all that out. But um, <laughs> I just want to say, not only did he... He actually went down... Um, not down, he came off with a shoulder complaint late in that game. 
and didn't come back on. I didn't watch the game. I don't even know when that game was. When was that game? Who cares? Um, but he didn't come <laughs> back on. But they've got the bye this week. So with that niggling injury, I would absolutely be waiting to see how that progresses over the two weeks they've got. Not only that, now they are actually looking at a Ruckman from VFL level called Ned Moyle. Now he's a Ruckman. And if they take him in the preseason, uh, preseason, in the mid-season draft rather, uh, which I think is happening Wednesday night. So if they take him, I would absolutely be waiting to see what happens next week. So do not go early on Ned Reeves. I've seen a lot of teams... Matt Flynn is one of the biggest traded out this week. And number one traded in, not in my team, is on Supercoach is listed as Ned Reeves. And that's 4,100 teams that have traded him in already. Now, I like the trade, but I wouldn't be jumping on that this week. I'd be waiting another week. Yep, fair enough. Maxi Holmes, 121,800 mid-forward, minus 40 break-even, 57 average. He's got the buy this week, though, because he plays with Geelong. And he's... Job security is pretty fucking shit, to be honest. Um, yeah, so what What do you do? I would not touch him with a 10-foot pole. Uh, but what would you do, Pato? No, if you've got bench cover, I'd maybe look at him just because he's dual position. But, I mean, if you're happy with him potentially playing every three or four weeks, then go for it. But if people are like me and got guys like Tyler Brockman on the bench as a mid-forward, um, not playing games... I, I I I find it hard to believe that people will be able to bring bring Max Holmes in, and you can't trust uh, Geelong either. They're they're so bad with their rookies. He's played in round three and round eleven, so it's it's not a good pick for me, especially before his buy. Yeah, fair enough. Zachy Smith, two hundred and sixteen thousand ruck minus fifteen break even, seventy two average. He's got the buy this week. Uh, plays for the Sunnies. He's back at the Suns. Um, good on him. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd wait to see on who the Suns draft in the mid-season draft as well. But the guy that they were actually looking at, and I can't remember his name, um, has just failed his medical because he's still got scar tissue from a PCL injury that he sustained in the AFL two years ago. So it doesn't look like that they're going to actually pick him. They might actually go for someone like Moyle um, if he slides to them. Yeah, I do remember reading that as well. It was a Suns Rock. I can't think of his name either. Uh, sorry, not a Suns Rock. A fucking Swans Rock um, from a couple of years ago. They, they were looking at him, but he's failed the medical. So they, I think they're still going to draft a Rock. Whether they're going to draft someone to drop Zach Smith or whether they're just drafting someone as Zach Smith cover, we'll wait and see. But I liked Zach, Zach, Zach Smith as an option before I found out that they were drafting a Rock. But I'm not going to pay $216,000 for someone that could get dropped for a rookie coming in next week. So I'd hold off on Zach Smith as well. Yep. Uh, played one game. You can you can talk about this bloke, Pato, because I know that you really want to fucking talk about this bloke, mate. Yeah. So any <laughs> Richmond fan will know just how good this bloke has been for a couple of years now. Uh, his name is Callum Coleman-Jones. Now, as Richmond fans, we were not surprised in the slightest to see him absolutely tear apart the game on Sunday. Now, granted, it was against Adelaide, who have struggled against forwards this year. Don't be expecting 112 every week, because that's absolutely unrealistic. It's, it's not going to happen. But I am not surprised at all to see him do so well. Now, he had plenty of sins in the ruck, covering for Nankervis on the weekend. He's actually a really good ruckman. 
he he probably lacked a bit of opportunity in the ruck at VFL level because sometimes we're playing four rucks at that level. Got between Chol, between Soldo, Daddy, and and guys like that. And like he's he's lacked opportunities, but he's a big two hundred one centimeter ruckman. Pretty good set of hands for a guy that size and. I'm looking at him to absolutely take his spot in the team with two hands. Now, there's no pun intended with that one, but even with Lynch to come back in probably five or six weeks, I think he's going to stay in the team. And he's a little bit more expensive. He's 161000 He's a rock forward swing, so that's kind of handy when it comes down to trades and whatnot. But I think I'm going to be bringing him in early this week. Yep, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we got there in the end, guys. Uh, Pato just really loves his Richmond players. <laughs> we'll talk about Trent Bianco now. A lot of people are pulling the trigger on this kid early. Uh, 123,900 defensive midfielder. So he's got that swing. Scored 83 on debut. Diehard fucking Collingwood fan. Uh, minus 32 break even. He's got a... Yeah, he, he's he's going to fucking hit his break even easy. Um, yeah, I... I liked what I saw, even though he was way too intent at the start. Like, he bleeds black and white. So, you know, first game, he was always going to fucking throw himself around a bit. But then he settled himself and he scored really good. So, um, I I can't see him losing his spot, to be honest. Um, Buckley needs someone to play for the team hard. And they've got a lot of soft players at the moment. And Bianco's out there just throwing himself around. So, I... I'm actually not against bringing him in around early, but it's got to fit your structure. If not, wait till after their buy and then pounce on him. Yeah, this this game was a real struggle to watch. It was absolutely woeful. But somehow, it was like a train wreck. I just couldn't get my eyes off it, um, which was really weird because I hate both of those teams with a passion. But Bianco absolutely passes the eye test for me. He was brilliant. The only thing you've got to be a little bit weary of is that knee issue. Now, he missed preseason and coming off a pretty lengthy stint with a knee injury. Now, I'm not 100% sure what the knee was, but I know he missed a fair bit of time with it. He only played two VFL games before he got called up to the senior team. So, obviously, big raps on the kid. He may have even debuted if he didn't have that knee issue in round one. But, obviously, he's had to wait for his opportunity. As you said, Dana, huge Collingwood fan. Now, I think that really helps guys with their want to play. Um, they, they want to play hard for the jumper that they, they grew up wearing, but they're going to manage his knee. Now I hope it's fine. I hope it just, apparently it pulled up fine, but I would keep an eye on this space. Now it's a little bit risky. I'm probably going to bring him in this week as well, but I am willing to see, well, I'm not willing. I'm hoping I'm not, this doesn't happen, but I am preparing for it to fail after a couple of weeks if he does do a knee again. But touch wood, that doesn't happen. Yeah, touch wood, it doesn't happen, Pato. Stop thinking negatively, even though I'm about to talk negatively about one of the players that you've put on the, the list. Um, anyway, trading options. So let's start with defenders. And one of them that if you don't have him, you kind of want to grab him at this price. And he's dropped to this price before previously. That's Jake Lloyd. 548k, 88 break even, 109 average, 142 round 11 score, 108k cheaper than what he started out as. Um, he's fucking good. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be back to his scoring from last year. And I only, only caught, what, the last quarter? Maybe the last half of this game once the Richmond game finished. Now, as I said before, I was absolutely slosh. So I 
was very impaired. So I, I wasn't analyzing it very closely, but it didn't seem like Jake Loeb was doing much for his points. Now, that's a good thing if you've got him, and that's a good thing if you're going to bring him in. At 548000 if he's going to go back to his 120 to 150 games like last year, you absolutely have to pounce on him. Don't even think about it. Bring him the fuck in. But if you are also struggling for cash generation and are trying to look for a few more budget options, we've got some for you. So Jaden Short, 480K, 97 average, 105 break even. He's got the round 13 buy though, so just remember that. Average is 103 in wins, Pato, but 81 in losses. And Richmond have a good run home. Yeah, I've, I've mentioned before that Jaden Short does struggle in losses. And I actually decided to do the math. And that's, that's, that's what I got. 103 in wins and 81 in losses. So take that as you will. But he is instrumental in wins and very bad in losses. So I hope any AFL coaches aren't listening to this because they might send a forward to him. But anyway, let's not think about that. I think he's a really good cheap option. I think Richmond have a really good run home, which we will touch on a little bit later on. And at 480000 I really like him. He doesn't drop below 90 very often. And maybe he doesn't have the huge games that Jake Lloyd or Callum Mills does, but he'll float between 90 and 105, 110 every week. And that's the sort of consistency at 480000 which I think is really helpful. Yeah. 454K, 600 is... Fucking more. And I don't know why I just mentally blanked then. Anyway. Um, Darcy, his first name. Yeah, Mr. Moore. Oh, Darcy right. Moore. You go for. Yep, yep. Um, so he's got a 27 break even this round. Uh, but in saying that, yeah, 107 three round average. Average is 107 as a defender. Round 14 by. I got there in the end. Holy shit. Um, so we mentioned him when he was in the three uh, mid 300K range. Um, when he finally switched back to that defensive role and he's been good ever since. So uh, he's a budget one, Pato. Yeah, I feel like this is a better option than Stephen May. We were big on May at his lowest point, but he he got that defensive role once Tomlinson went down. Now, I don't think Darcy Moore is any struggle with that. He bounces off whoever he plays against and Collingwood really dictate their matchup so he's not playing lockdown. Jordan Ruffhead takes the big boys and that really frees up Darcy Moore to whoever he plays on really bounce off him and get offensive. So at 454,000, I wish I had a spot for him, but I don't. My defense is complete, but yeah, brilliant option for if you're looking for a more bargain pick. Fair, fair. Zachy Williams, 420,800, 82 average, 96, three round average, good role change. Although on the weekend I brought him in thinking I am fucking genius here. And he actually didn't get the ball as much as I thought he would playing off the halfback this time. They seem to utilize Saad a bit more, even though he fucking liked to butcher it a bit. Um, But anyway, Williams did push forward at one stage and kick a goal after running from halfback flank. So that was good. But yeah, he still got in the 80s. So I can't really complain too much considering he didn't get up as much of the ball as I thought he would, and he still scored in the 80s. So, anyway, he's got a round 13 by... Um, what do you reckon, Pato? I still like him as an option. Uh, I, I said last week I've had him since the start. I still like him, though. These these rebounding halfbacks do have odd bad games. I mean, 
Caleb Daniel, who's one of the better ones in the competition, he had a 60-odd on the weekend, and it's just a random bad game. Sometimes it's because of matchups. Sometimes it's just because they have to be a bit more responsible for whoever they're matched up on defensively. Um, but, yeah, if 80 is the worst you'll get from Zach Williams, I don't think you'll be too bad because you'll get the 100s, 110s, 120s, and that's why you bring him in. At a 420,000, I think he's still a really good buy. Yep, yep. Now, the one that I reckon is a really fucking good buy for all you bargain basement hunters out there, when I said Aaron Hall at 410K and people didn't jump on and then now they're jumping on at 480K. And then I said Tom Hawkins at like 440K and then no one jumped on then. This time around, I'm going to steal one of uh, one of Pato's fucking PODs from earlier on in the season. He got a six during the year. He finally has played two games since. He's at 409,000 schmackaroos in defence. And I am talking about old man Shannon Hearn. He's got 56 break even in 1% of teams. Ultimate fucking POD. He's got a 90 average, and that includes the six that he got. Without the six, he's averaging 106. Now, it's risky because of his age and bra ra 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 but fucking huge <laughs> fucking... Huge fucking P.O.D. Pato. And I want him. I want old man Hearn. Now, Dana, this one is absolutely all about risk assessment. If you've got Aaron Hall, Isaac <laughs> Mooney, guys like that, I don't think Shannon Hearn's worth the risk because that's three guys that could get injured at a drop of a hat. But if you've gone safer on other lines, I reckon you can absolutely afford to bring in Shannon Hearn. And even if he averages 95 from here on out, 409,000 is an absolute steal. So I like it. He hasn't had huge injury issues in the past. It's just this calf this year. And look, calf can be bad. I've seen it with Basher Hawley. He has struggled. Hasn't played over sort of 15 games for a couple of years now. Hopefully, if you're looking to bring in Shannon Hearn, he does keep that calf right and score really well. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't. I'm still trying to assess whether I'd actually want Heaney, but we can talk about him once we hit the forward line. Anyway, midfielders Jackie Steele, 576,000, 93 break even, 116 average, 123 three round average, 154 in round 11 against the VFL team. So he did all right against in, if he played VFL. Round 14 by, won't get any cheaper, you reckon, Pato? I can't see it happening. I'm. I'm bringing in Jack Steele this week. I think he won't be any cheaper, as I said. Uh, 93 break even. I can't see him dropping below that. And he's got a pretty decent run home. So I'm hoping the Saints don't dish up more of that pathetic shit that we've seen several times this year. And I'm sure Saints fans will agree with me on that one. He's got the round 14 buy. So obviously assess where your weakest buy is. But... Yeah, I really like Jack Steele and I'm bringing him in this week. Now, we're going to talk about two Carlton players here in the midfield. First one, Sammy Walsh, 561K, 131 break even, 114 average. Now, he's got the round 13 by. Is he dropping off, Pato? Or is he tired? I don't think he's tired. He's a fucking running machine, mate. So, I, yeah, I, I think Sammy Walsh has just had an off, off period and he'll bounce back. What do you reckon? I'm going to make a big call here. Ooh. And I said this about a couple of teammates a few weeks ago. And so far it has come true. This is probably a little bit more crazy than that statement. And that was 
a couple of weeks ago, I said Aaron Hall would score more than Jack Zebel for the rest of the year. Yep, yep. Now, I'm going to say that I think Patrick Cripps will score more than Sam Walsh from this point on. Far out bold statement, which leads us into the next player, which is Pato. Drum roll, please. Patrick Cripps. Yeah, it's fucking Patrick Cripps. Anyway, take it away, Pato. 112,000 cheaper than his teammate, Sam Walsh. I just feel like Sam Walsh is going to get a little bit more attention for the rest of the year. Now, usually Cripps is the guy that you would go to. If you've had a negating player or someone that you run off the other team's best player, whatever it is, it doesn't necessarily have to be a tag, but just a bit more attention. I feel like that's going to go to Sam Walsh now because he has had such a good year. Now, that frees up Patrick Cripps to do whatever the fuck he wants. And... He did that against Sydney and absolutely destroyed them. Now, Carlton were pretty fucking pathetic, but Cripper got 133, kicked three goals. So he's not going to kick three goals every week, but he looked good. He looked up and about, and he's starting to look healthier. Now, he's got a buy coming up, obviously, next week. So he's got one more game. Then he's got that buy. That gives him a week off to get that back sorted out, hopefully. Maybe he just needs a week off and he could absolutely explode. Now, we've seen his scoring potential in the past. I think he had a year where he averaged 122 or so a couple of years ago. Could be wrong on the figures, but we've seen monster scoring from him before. And I just get the feeling that Cripps might be the one that scores more than Walsh for the rest of the year. Well, you said that Cripps had a slightly inflated score because of his three goals. But what about the six freeze four that he got? That's because he's tackling again, Dano. No, that was for pushes in the back. A fair few of them, actually. So he actually got a few from um, the Swannies blokes actually falling into his back. Was it a cheeky tactic? Or was it just shit tackling? I don't know. But I don't think he's going to get six free four every week either, is what I'm getting at. So anyway, now I don't feel comfortable talking about this next bloke. So if you put him on the run sheet, you can fucking talk about him because... I feel like I need to just drink a bottle of chlorine or bleach or something just to make myself a little bit more sanitary after hearing this. Go on, Pato. Who have you recommended right, from so, Collingwood? So while Dano <laughs> mutes his speaker for a second, for the rest of us still sticking around, I'm going to give you something absolutely fucking bonkers. And I promise you, I've had a couple, but I haven't been drinking heavily today. But... I'm not going to say his name yet, but I'm just going to read out his stats. So he's 493,000. He's got a break-even of 41. He's got an average of 96, which doesn't sound too good so far. But hear me out, ladies and gentlemen. Three-round average of 122. Five-round average of 109. And he's in just 539 teams. Now, this is a guy that is now playing the loose role in defense. So the same role that Jake Lloyd plays. Same role that Aaron Hall plays, Jack Siebel, all those guys. The same role. He's getting cheap footy in defence. He plays for one of the most pathetic teams in the competition, and that is Collingwood. Now, if you haven't guessed it already, his name is Chris Main. Very cheap, very risky, but you've got to risk it to get the biscuit. And he's not even in 1% of teams. So, look, if you've got balls... If you think he's going to stay in that role, Chris Main could be the man for you if you're looking for a bargain. 
Sorry, I just finished drinking the bleach. Um, you need two wheelbarrows, mate. One for your right testicle and one for your left testicle to go main, in my opinion. But bold, we are here for the bold calls, Pado. We've both made bold calls on this podcast. People have listened to us. The fucking Cam Guthrie one at the start of the season fucking went bonkers. The Aaron Hall one by me. The fucking Tom Hawkins one. You got your old man Hearn at the start of the season when he's just fucking going bonkers. So fucking go I'm for it. Yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're all about the big call. Um, we'll move on to the next bloke, though, um, which is around the same price, 492000 and is in 1% of teams. That's Lucky Hunter of the Western Bulldogs, 112 three-round average, 101 five-round average. But we look at the scores post-Trelaw injury, and that's where you get your value. So he's pretty much picked up his midfield minutes from last year where he fucking went absolutely seagull mode. So what do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, he averaged 115 in this role last year. Trelaw really took a chunk of his midfield minutes from last year. And Hunter hasn't been very good, but the last couple of weeks, he's been a lot better than he has been. And that's because he's picked up more of those midfield minutes with Trelaw going out. Now, he's very cheap. He's gone down 126000 since his starting price, but he's in fuck-all teams. So since Trelaw went out, he's dropped 111 and 126. So, look, if that's what you're going to get from someone that you're going to pay under 500000 from for, I think you'll snap that up in a heartbeat. So it's just it's just risk assessment. Do you think Trelaw comes back and takes his minutes back? Trelaw's out for another six weeks or so. So, look... There's crazier options on this podcast, and including the guy that we just mentioned before this one. So, yeah. Yep, fair enough. We'll go on to the track. So, it's tantalizing price last week. It's pretty much almost similar, really. Um, so, Christian Petrarca, 528K, 96 break even, 104 average. He's got a fucking massive ceiling, 15% ownership. He's got the round 14 buy. Do you feel like he's finally going to recapture the fucking insane scores from last season? Yeah, I think he's gone up 3,000 from last week. So really, fuck all, just about the same. Now, I noticed he was on about 50 at quarter time, which he was looking on track for an absolute monster game. And I'm a little bit surprised he didn't go on with that. But it was probably only because they were playing the dogs. And McRae got 145 still. Bontepelli got 125 in that Melbourne win. So obviously, they're not going to play the top of the table team every week. But I do like Petrarca as a little bit less of a risky option and someone that has that huge ceiling to be able to go 150, 160. And we've seen it before. It's just, yeah, is this the right time to buy? I think it is. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get any cheaper. Zachy Merritt as well, 541K, 109 average, round 13 by only two scores below 100, Pato. Yeah, and that was his only issue in the past. He has been very susceptible to a tag. He hasn't been getting tagged much this year, though, and he's had that one howler. He had 64 against Freo where he had that really hard tag against him. But other than that, he's been pretty consistent. Now, he hasn't got the monster 150-160 scores that we've seen in the past from him, but he also hasn't had the bottom scores that he has shown with the 50-60-70 scores. So 
you'd almost prefer somewhere between 105 and 130 every week rather than one week 160, the next week 80. I think you prefer that as from a midfielder. I think Darcy Parrish has really helped him in that midfield in terms of getting the ball and being less susceptible to a tag. He's got Richmond on the weekend as well who don't tend to tag. So I do like Zach Merritt. He's at a really good price at 541 as well. Now we're going to move on to the forwards. And I said when you suggested this that I didn't want to talk about it. So you can talk about the first one on this run sheet, Pato, because I just feel, again, dirty. And it's another Collingwood player. It is another Collingwood player. And this, I must preface, is if you are worried about Grundy missing more than the two or three weeks that they're saying, this guy is going to be an absolute ripper buy. And that is Darcy Cameron. Now, 396000 So he's at a pretty good price point if he's going to be a number one ruck. And I think he will be at least for the next two weeks, aside from their buy, obviously. He's already averaging pretty decent as well with Brody Grundy already in the team. He's averaging 86, which isn't horrible, especially up forward this year. He doesn't have a ruck swing. So if you bring him in, he's stuck in your forward line. But I just feel like he could be a really good option if you think Collingwood being, being a little bit cheeky with their two to three two to three week assessment, and whether you think they might just put him on ice and get him ready for next year. Yep. Now the next one is one that you kind of alluded to before he actually played the game that he's going to have a bit of a role change and potentially play on the wing slash push up the ground more like Matthew Richardson did in his twilight years where he almost won the Brownlow. And he fucking went out there and, Pato, you predicted that he was going to go fucking Boonanas, and that is... Jack Rewalt. Fucking J-Roo. Take it away, Pato. You can you can massage massage everything out of this one. Yep. So I tweeted that I heard wind of Jack Rewalt playing a little bit more up the ground, and that's because we went with a three-tall forward line. Now, whether that was just a tactic to get one of the talls one of Adelaide's tools out of the back line to really open it up or whether this is the permanent role maybe remains to be seen, but 331,000, he's got an average of 72 break, even of negative 20, which is absurd for a guy that's 331 K. He's got a three round average of 90, which isn't horrible. Now he got 140 on the weekend. He's playing more up the ground. There wasn't so much of a wing role, but he was pushing up onto the wing to get those marks one-on-one, there's not many people that can stop Jack Rewalt, even at his age, even at 32. So it is a little bit risky. He's got the round 13 buy. So if you're bringing him in this week, you'd be bringing him in for one game against Essendon, then the buy, and then you've got the rest of the year. But he had a 20-disposal, 14-mark game, and he kicked five goals too, which are unreal numbers in today's footy. I'm not saying he's going to score 140 every week, but I am saying that I could see him doing really well. And... Richmond have an awesome run home. It's really juicy. So, look, I was looking at Tom Lynch earlier on in the year, and Dano, you can confirm that. Never brought him in because he hasn't looked good. But, I mean, Jack Rewalt, I don't know if I'm ballsy enough to do it. Maybe I'll give him one more week, see if that role stays on this weekend. But he's going to go up a lot as a negative 20 break even. He could be 400,000 just after this one game. So, with everyone... Yeah, everyone's complaining about their forward lines not lifting. And then you see fucking my forward line absolutely burning. And I got one more spot left, Pato. 
And I'm trying to find a budget option like I did with Hall and Hawkins. And chat, and I, I pulled the trigger early on Hawley. I pulled it early. And considering Jay Roo is has a minus 20 break even this week, it's either you get him now or you don't get him at all, really. Like if he if he goes out there and plays up the ground again and gets, let's say, 20 disposals again, let's say 10 marks and kicks two goals, because he'll kick goals. He's still gonna fucking crack a hundred easy. So yeah. I think if you're going to do it, super coach community, you have to pull the trigger on him this week. Not many people are ballsy enough to do it and they wait and they wait to see the role and whatnot, or they'll wait till after his buy. I think with the, the way that things are going, we've got to pull triggers early. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You just got to wear it, but he's going to make cash regardless. And if you've got the luxury of heaps of trades, unlike some of us who copped massive amounts of injuries and we've burned through trades, burning through injury trades. If you've got that luxury, fucking take it. And if, if it doesn't work out and he's, let's say he scores 80 or 90 or something, he's still going to fucking make cash. He's going to make hectic cash. So fucking give it a crack. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly tempted to bring him in this week, Pato. It's just, yeah, pushing up the ground so much. I want to know if it's a one-off, but I have a feeling it might be his new role. And it's been on the cards for like the last two years. Anyway, the next bloke who's also in the 300,000 range just is Isaac Heaney. Now, everyone was saying you got to get Isaac Heaney at 350K. Uh, He's 398K, 25 break-even, 82 average, 108 three-round average, got the round 14 buy, still great value, but... Articles are coming out. He's not changing. He's not going to change the way he plays footy. He fucking like previously. Our good friend, our good friend Jacob said he was one of the most durable players in the competition, Isaac Heaney. And then all of a sudden, he's just got a couple of injuries here and there, and he's saying that he's not going to play, change his game style. So I, I just, I, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm highly tempted to, but I just can't do it. I think I've got to upgrade in other areas um but a lot of people are jumping on heaney and i'm like you were saying with these injury prone guys if you trade them in like i could say this about hearn as well because i'm looking at hearn if you trade them in you got to potentially look at trading them out again that's two trades gone so what do you reckon pato yeah you absolutely have to have a contingency plan now i feel like my heaney contingency plan will be tom phillips as an f7 who I've had since the start. Now, rather than trading him out and just getting him to a Bailey Dale or a Zorko or something like that, I just feel like I'm going to keep on to him as cover. So I've got that contingency plan, but here's a quote from one of the Sydney coaching staff. And I don't know who said it, but it is a quote. And this is obviously about Isaac Heaney. We expect him to back up and play. We manage him during the week and he doesn't do a great deal during the week. But if he gets a bit sore, he doesn't play. They also said, we'll manage him him from week to week. So by the sounds of that, I'm reading between the lines. He doesn't trade much during the week. He gets himself right for the game. And then whatever happens during the game, rinse and repeat. So look, it is risky, but he has a big ceiling. He had 128 on the weekend. Getting up the ground once again, he had 22 touches. 20 of them were kicks and he had 14 marks. So he's getting involved he's a huge target for them he's he's a star i really rate isaac heaney i love watching him play 
Not many I do want live watching play down at Sydney because they're a pretty boring team. But Isaac Heaney, I really rate. And look, apparently he broke a thumb in the same hand that he broke earlier on this year, which is absurd. Because if he's playing through that shit, he's got balls of steel. And that's not bringing in Jack Rewild after round 11 balls of steel. That's balls of steel where he'll play through anything. So, yeah, look, it is risky. As I said, you've got to have a plan B or even a plan C for these guys and be willing to look at trading them out if you need to, if they get a longer-term injury. But, look, at his price last week at 340K or whatever it was, I think he was too cheap and I brought him in. So, look, I can understand why you're bullish on him, Dano. I don't think you can have too many of these injury-prone guys, but you can afford at his price last week and even this week to take that swing on him. The only reason why I went Hall is because his role changed to bruise-free footy. Heaney's is bruise on bruise fucking footy. So that's that's why I, do, I just can't bring myself to bring him in. But anyway, we'll move on to Bailey Dale. Um, he's the last one of the forwards on our run sheet. 502K, 98 average, 113 three-round average. Um, looks to be a top six forward at the moment, Pato. Yeah, he's still in just 3.4% of teams, which is... Very low for a guy scoring as well as him. He's kind of flying under the radar as people have sort of looked at Zorko and guys like that. But with a break even of 47, I think his scoring, as I mentioned, don't want to turn my own horn, but I did mention this. Once Bailey Williams and Caleb Daniel were both back in the team, his scoring has gone back up to what it was for a couple of weeks before that. So he's gone 152 and 102 the last two weeks. I really like him. He's getting lots of the footy. He's getting up the ground. He's even kicking a couple of goals the last couple of weeks. And I really like his role. So I think he's going to be a, a top six forward, absolutely. And I think he's probably going to be the last one of my upgrades in my forward line. This is going to give a quick shout out to Tom Hawkins at 513K. Uh, his last four scores are 149, 91, 101 and 126. Thanks, Tommy. You're in my team with a break event of 81. So I thought I'd just quickly chuck him in there. So we didn't. Um, but anyway, we'll move on to question time because I think it's the most amount of fucking questions we've ever had. Uh, on these podcasts, probably because it is fucking bye week. So we'll start off, and I'm just bringing them all up in front of me right now. The first one's from James. Now, James has absolutely fired about five questions at us. So his first one is, should he trade out players that have a higher break even, even if not playing this round, to rookies or premiums that will have a buy later? Or not do that because he has Impy at the moment. He's looking at trading out Impy because he's not happy with the way Impy's been going the last few weeks. He's got a high break even. Um, and he's tempted to move on to Heaney. Uh, uh, but Impy is on his buy this week and Heaney's on his worst buy round. So what what do you reckon, Pato? What should, what should James do there? Uh, just quickly, we do love the question, so fire them in. Even if you've got multiple ones, throw them all at us. We will address them on the podcast. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, James, look, if I had MP, I'd be holding him. I'm looking at his scores now. I don't have him, but he's gone 62 against the Suns, which is pathetic. Now, I also heard he played a bit of forward. He also which, played in the midfield. Yeah, which is a little bit concerning because is Clarko trying to find a new role for him. Or is he just trying something different? I don't know. But look, previous to that 62, when you ignore round one, his scores haven't been all that bad for a forward. 
He's still averaging 93, which isn't absolutely horrible. Now, I've got his teammate. Uh, I, I don't even want to say his name because it's fucking depressing. But, yeah, <laughs> I've got his teammate who is doing terribly. I would much prefer if I had have started Jarman Impey over him, um, obviously, as he's gone up 230K and the other guy's just fucking plummeted. But, yeah, anyway, I would absolutely be holding Impey. I do like Heaney as a trade-in option, James, if you can get him via any other means. But I wouldn't be training in Peter Heaney, especially considering Heaney's on your worst bye week. Yep, there we go. The second question from James is, he doesn't know what to do with Clark. So what what should he do with Clark? And I'm pretty sure no, he means I'm Jordan he's Clark. About, no, I think he's talking about Hunter Clark. I think oh, Hunter, Hunter Clark. Yep, yep. Yep, who missed on the weekend. Now I'm just bringing up Supercoach. To be advised, expected recovery time is to be confirmed. So that's really helpful from Supercoach. Thanks, Supercoach. That's why I pay for Supercoach Gold, to see absolute pearls of wisdom like that. <laughs> anyway, Hunter Clark. So he's a defender and he's averaging 86, which has to hurt. I think you have to probably jump off him. I, yeah, yeah, it hurts. But who to, though? That is the question. Because, yeah. again, trade's so, they're so valuable. He's got a, and Hunter Clark has a break-even of 131 as well, by the way. So it may um, depend on how many trades James has. But if you've got a sufficient amount of trades, if you've got sort of 15-plus trades, you could probably afford this luxury trade. And you can bring in someone that is playing that round 14 buy, which he said was his bad one. Now, I've got a name for you, and you'll have to wait another week. And that's Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, valid. Although, yeah, actually, that's that's a valid point. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we'll move on to the next one. So, he's actually got Tom Hickey still as Ruck, does James. So, he's like, is it time to move him on? He's got concerns around Grundy as well. Um, so, he's got both Hickey and Grundy. Yeah, Hickey's missed a couple of random games, I think sporadically so i think he's sort of managing that injury i remember he missed a week so he played the giants and i reckon he had an injury and they announced him as being out for four to six weeks and then he came back and played against the cats and got 110 which was fucking weird but he's clearly managing something even though he's still scoring well but you can't afford donuts and i almost think you'd probably have to jump off now i've got an option rather than looking at looking at a grundy replacement I would maybe go Hickey down to Coleman Jones. And Coleman Jones gives you that cover for not only Grundy, but also Hickey, obviously. I don't know who his R3 is. Maybe it's Flynn. Maybe it is Flynn. It is Flynn. Right. So that won't help much for this week, but Coleman Jones is playing. So if you go Hickey down to Coleman Jones, that gives you the Hickey replacement this weekend. Now, Coleman Jones doesn't play next week, but Flynn does. So you can have one more week from Flynn. See how that Mumford hamstring pulls up. And that gives you two weeks of Grundy. Now, Grundy will then have the buy. So there's three weeks where you've got cover for Grundy and we can reassess Grundy after the buys. Now, if he doesn't play in round 15, that's when I'll be making my Grundy decision. I'll be holding him through the buys, even though it does hurt. I'll be holding him through the buys and I'm going to make my assessment in round 15. If I have to trade him out, I have to trade him out and we'll find out what the best option is from there. But what do you yeah. think, Dano? I'm thinking the same. Got to got to hold on to Grundy and see what happens because, yeah, I they said that he had whiplash. So 
Um, and he's got the buy soon. I, I actually honestly reckon that he'll come back and play. Um, but with the Hickey one, I don't. I think you got to upgrade Hickey to someone else. Now Hickey's around four ninety k or something like that. Four ninety two. There you go. So there's if we well, let's let's go to Supercoach Ruckman right now. Who who could he target? Um, because he doesn't have a Maxi Gorn and. Max Gorn will probably be a bit out of reach unless he does a downgrade on Flynn. Right. That so, might be a game changer. He doesn't have Gorn. I think you got to get Gorn in, Dano. Yeah. What is Gorn's price currently, Pato? 6.14 with a break-even of 124. Coming up against big Oscar McInerney this weekend. Oh, he should slap it around silly against Oscar. You'd think. Yeah, um, I, I think he's got to find a way. Whether you go Flynn down to Coleman Jones which gives yeah. you Grundy cover for this week and enough to go Hickey to Gorn. I think, yeah, I don't think you can go on without Gorn. And then you could, you could do that and then pull the trigger. If he still wants to pull the trigger on um, Hunter Clark, um, how much money would he have left over, do you reckon, Pato? Or we just can't be fucked right now because... Oh, it it, all, it yeah. all depends on how much he's already got. So that, I think that's there's too many what-ifs unless we get yeah. him on the phone. You could um, you could literally but, do a Hunter Clark to someone below Hunter Clark, which is a Shannon Hearn. Or Trent Bianco all the way down, and then you've got money for Whitfield the week after. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, and there's your one down, one up still over four trades. Over I, I, I don't like trading mid-prices out for rookies and then flicking it. I just I feel like it's just it is going backwards. Catches, it's going backwards, in my opinion. Better off just upgrading. Um, but you've also got guys like if Jackie Bose stays out, and we haven't actually covered this bloke, Jack Lacocious, since Bose has been out of the team, has got a 98 and then a 120-odd. So he's back yeah, to his confident best. And he's in the mid-300,000 range as well. So yeah, The only that. issue with Lacocious is Bose is going to come back, and that's really yeah. going to hurt his score, I think, sadly. But in the saying that, Lacocious did only score bad when Bose was in the team when um, Day went down and they pushed Lacocious a bit more up forward and he kind of lost his way a bit. And then they pushed him back onto the wing and back a bit and then he started panic kicking. He's back to actually looking for people again and taking his time, the Lacocious that we know. And when Bose was in the team and he was playing in defence with Bose, he was averaging over 100 until... Day went down. So there, but then that's a riskier pick than probably Hunter Clark. Um, but anyway, move on to the third question from James. Oh no, that was the third question. Sorry. We covered questions two and three with Hunter Clark and the Hickey move with the Grundy. Question four. He's wondering why Devin Robertson's only in 10% of teams. Uh Robertson, sorry, and why he was the most talked up rookie last year. I do I really feel like we need uh, a Brisbane expert. In which would be Daniel Beto. Shout out to Beto. Um, yeah, no, I was going to say, we have a Brisbane expert that we could uh, potentially get on for a guest little spot. Yeah, but I, I I don't know. I can't honestly answer that one without talking to Beto about it, to be honest. Yeah, look, I can explain the 10%. Now, I actually brought Robertson in as a cash cow. He was only in my team for maybe five or six weeks, and then I jumped off him again. So it was a really quick turnaround. I probably went a little bit early on him, but I can't remember. I think I went, 
I had to get him out in order to afford Bontempelli, and he was the only one that I could swing out to afford that. So, look, maybe in hindsight that was the wrong decision. Maybe I should have jumped off someone else. But, um, yeah, he's at an 85 on the weekend, so he'll make even more cash. Got a break even of 35, and he'll be really good cover over the buys. So, look, yeah, he had more, more cash to make, but sometimes you've got to jump off early to get the guy that you wanted. Yeah. Uh, his fifth question uh, is round 14 upgrade targets. Who can he look at? Now, the buy in that round is Adelaide, St Kilda, Sydney, Collingwood, Frio, and Melbourne. So Maxi Gorn's out of the question there. <laughs> you have to get him in this round, pretty much. But any of the other ones there, Pato, that they could um, get from, let's say, West Coast, Richmond, Geelong, Western Bulldogs, Gold Coast, Port Adelaide, North Melbourne, Brisbane, Giants, Carlton. Oh, Hawthorne yeah, and Essendon so... as well. Hawthorne and Essendon. I forgot about the line in the sand game. <laughs> yeah, look, um, it's really tough because the, the teams that are on a buy this weekend are largely irrelevant in terms of premium players. Now, we've got Aaron Hall from North, if you're interested in taking that risk, if you don't already have him. I'm not sure if James has him or not, but I think he'll still be at a pretty good... Oh, he'll be the same price as he is now. And that is... Oh, uh, not on my team. I think he's about 520. Is that right, Dano? Oh, I can't remember, but I just remember I got him at 410. <laughs> uh, 502. So I think yeah. it's still a pretty decent price for Hall because I think he's got a pretty good ceiling and I think he'll go at 105 plus for the rest of the year. I don't think that's a horrible buy. I think Travis Boak might be a decent option from Port. And he's really cheap at the moment. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how cheap he is. But I know he hasn't been scoring well over the last four to six weeks since he had that week off with the calf issue. Or You know, you know who I'm going to say. You know who I'm going to say. Who are you going to say, Dano? Tom Hawkins. Fucking, I can't believe so many teams have not jumped on Tom Hawkins. He's 513000 now. I like him at his current price. I like him at the price that you brought him in at, Dano. But I think you, there's better buys for that price, including Aaron Hall. I think Aaron Hall is probably a better buy, but riskier. Now, Whitfield is someone that we mentioned before as a really yep. good option. He's planning to go next week. I'm absolutely going to try and get him in next week. Got At a plan. the expense, Laird into my midfield. That's my plan. Yep, yep. I've got Laird currently in my midfield as well. And I think those DPP players, I feel like I need to get a mid forward into my midfield. And I need to get Laird, who is currently there, into my midfield just to cover when shit hits the fan and we're running low on trades. Yeah, and it's when, not if. It's absolutely when. It's super yeah. coach. It throws lemons at you all the time. You've got to hit him out of the park and be ready for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a few. There, there's a couple from Top that like buy round. Still. But we can also look at some round 13 buy players that you can trade in for round 14. So you got your Darcy Parishes, although he's probably going to be fucking way out of reach now. Um, Jared Lyons will drop in price a bit. Um, yeah, I, don't... I like Jared Lyons. I like Patrick Cripps as well, Dano. Yep, Cripper, Cripper. Um, or Walsh, if you probably don't want to take that risk. I think he, he might have Walsh because a lot of people do have him. Uh, but that's just an assumption there. Um, How about Dusty, Dusty Martin, maybe? Yeah, everyone has Dusty. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting about the percentages. Um, J. Rue, if he fucking explodes all over the place, 
um, in the, and he keeps pushing up the ground. That's the one thing that I'm going to be. I'm, I don't like watching Richmond games, but the Dreamtime game I'll watch. How about uh, Shay Bolton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shay is good too. He's probably your most valuable player at the moment, would you say, Pato? Oh yeah, no, he, he's abs- he's more untouchable than anyone else on our list at the moment. And that's over Dusty, by the way, people. Just saying, hundred percent, hundred percent. Now he. He had a month off with, no, he had three weeks off um, after a little fisty cuff sticking up for his best mate's girlfriend. Came back, lazy 102, easy July, didn't miss a beat with a cast on. Um, yeah, look, I like Shea Bolton, but he's at about 500K, I think. So it's not cheap. You know, have one more game this week, but yeah, I like him as an option. Anyway, we're going to give Tate a shout out, Tate a tot. Um, but we're also going to roast him because he said during the week, Sorry, boys, missed the podcast last week and scored shithouse. So I blame you for me not listening and taking your advice in turn scoring shit, lol. So, Tate, you know what to do now. you got to listen to the podcast. And he's always got questions for us. So first one, he's like, what happened to Grundy? Do I need to trade him? It sounds like you're on holiday, Tate. Um, hold him and reassess for now. But the second question, he said, Stuart versus Whitfield. He's doing a round 13 trade a week early. Which one should he go for? Now, just I have to preface this. I don't like jumping early on guys and holding them through the buy. And that's only, and it's very small percentage of chance of happening. But you'd be absolutely spewing if he, if one of them pulled a hammy or did something at training and missed the rest of the year. For example, I mean, touch wood, we don't want it to happen, but these things do happen at training and you'd be kicking yourself if you brought one of these guys in this week and they did something over the weekend. But if I'm ignoring that, I don't advocate bringing one of these guys on this week, but we'll talk about it because Tate has asked it. <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually don't mind it because if let's say, let's say one of them pulls up at the sore calf, that's a one-week rest. They've got the buy the next week anyway. So, yes, Dano. I've heard of ACLs happening at training. Yeah, I, I have too, actually. The Giants cop a few of them. Um, and I just feel like in a year where we have a, had a lot of injury issues, it just sounds like something that could go wrong. And I would hate to advocate for a trade this week and then... Tom Stewart doing his ACL at training and poor Tate has Tom Stewart having not even played a game sitting on his bench and have to trade him straight back out. Okay, you know what? We won't won't even suggest it. Tate, for Stewart versus Whitfield this week, we say don't do it. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, just don't do it, mate. Okay, now the Twitter question we got from um, Aaron Monish, okay, Nashi. Um, He's been pumping our tyres up on Twitter. So thanks, Nashi. Um, so he said he's got 11 trades left and he's got 21 playing this week if everyone's named. So he, he actually asks, is it worth not trading this week and then looking to trade after this week? And I say yes, just strictly because a lot of the guys that we're looking at have only played one game anyway. So you can afford to hold off a week. They're not going to go up in price. And if you've got 21 playing, it's the best 18 scores. Like fucking hell. Yeah, I agree. It's a really good position to be in, Aaron. Um, so well done on that. I don't know if you planned it that way or whether it's just fallen that way, but well done. The only thing I would maybe suggest is if you've got Matty Flynn at R3 and Brody Grundy in your team, 
I don't know whether it would be worth going Flynn down to Coleman Jones for a week, even though it's a week early, just to have that Grundy cover. Now, he's got 21 playing. I'm assuming a lot of those, that 21, could be guys like Highmore, Collier Dawkins, who I actually have issues with. He, I don't have issues, but I have a bad feeling he may get dropped for someone like Shane Edwards. I hope I'm wrong because I need him this week, but hopefully not. Um, that could be Alec Waterman, Cody Waitman, guys like that. So if you're relying on those guys, I wouldn't mind just having that extra chance at a higher score and going Flynn down to Coleman Jones. That gives you another 250K to play with next week where you can use all three of your trades and you'll still have 10 left. So I'm not really... Worried about that if I was in your position, Aaron. But uh, yeah, what do you think of that one, Dano? No, I don't mind it. Just don't trade. Simple as that. Just focus on the next lot of rounds. Um, but we've just had a tweet come in. We've had a tweet oh, come in. Breaking news. And it is King Supercoach at, at its King SC on Twitter. He has responded to your tweet, Pado, about J Rue. And he goes, J Rue equals shit. Well, J. Rue is a three-time Coleman medalist. He's also got three premierships. Now, King Supercoach looks to me like he's an Essendon fan. So I feel like he may be just trying to get in Jack Reward's head. Maybe my head as well before Dreamtime this weekend. So I hope Jack Reward kicks six goals. I hope he has 20 touches. I hope he gets 180 Supercoach. And I hope King Supercoach will be groveling in our asses next week. But anyway... Yeah. One of the things I'm actually going to do is actually look up dream time scoring as well. Although it's usually at the MCG, this time it's dream time at the OS. So, yeah, last year it was dream time in Darwin. Oh, yeah. Well, Darwin makes a bit more sense, but anyway. Absolutely. Um, but I'd love to see the dream time super coach scoring and just see how Jay Rue actually goes in it, just as a key so forward. Five, two years ago. So that was brilliant. Yeah. So, it, I'll, I'll look into that and I'll post that on Twitter. Anyway. Now, no, that's a bit unfair, Dano. That's a bit unfair because Michael Hurley has been the matchup in past years. Now, Hurley has had Rewalt's number previously, but Michael Hurley may not play a game of footy again. He's got some serious issues going on injury-wise. So hopefully he sorts all that out. And sometimes it's, it comes way before I, footy. I, could just say, I, just, I just see... Paddo trying to cover his own ass if uh, Jayru scores shit. So anyway, Dano, are we going to mention our challenges tonight? Because yes. I can think of another challenge. We could maybe double it if Jack Rewell gets a hundred this weekend. Oh uh, yeah. So we've basically had people saying they want us to do a challenge, me v you, and it's basically we've had to formulate some sort of challenge. So the challenge that the general consensus has been is we pick a captain in our own super coach. So it has to be in our own super coach and whoever's captain scores higher wins the challenge. And then the other one has to do something. If we pick the same captain, then it goes on round score. So this week, the challenge has been set to us and it's a blender challenge. So whoever score, whoever's captain scores the least, the other person gets to pick what goes into the blender. And then we blend it and then we'll drink it on the next show. So that's the challenge this week. And if we pick the same captain, Pato, it's our round score. And if the round score ties, I don't fucking know what to do then, but I doubt we're going to get the same score. 
yeah, vice captain score, but your vice captain might end up being your captain. I don't know. Anyway, so that's going to be our challenge this week. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll post to our VCs and Caesar. Do you want to do that, Pato? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll post whatever our VC and C is on on a Friday. We'll tweet it out. Yep, yep, and um, we'll go from there. So anyway. Leads us to the next bit. We are not called the Super Coach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give you VC and C options that are either vanilla or really fucking out there, but with a purpose. So this week, it is big round 12, the first buy. And we have on the Friday night, Melbourne versus Brisbane, first versus third. Pato, who do you think will go absolutely fucking boonanas in this game? couple options in this one. It's probably a little bit vanilla. Um, but the guy that is averaging 161 over his last three and 145 over his last five, that's Clayton Oliver. He's absolutely killing it. He's probably going to hit over 700,000, which is absurd. And don't know, it's only in 35% of the team. So if you don't have him, bad luck, you're not getting him. But yeah. Yeah. he had 177 last year against the Lions. I don't mind him. That's betting with the bank. But if I'm betting against the bank, now it didn't work for me last week and I went Max Gorn for my VC. I thought he would towel up the dogs, but he didn't. He only got 120, which is weird. 120 is a good score, but I only got 120. I took that VC score. Some people were greedy and took Grundy, but that's another issue. Yep, yep, yep. Last year, Gorn had 157 against, Mel- uh, sorry, against Brisbane. So... Yeah, it's out of those two. I'm probably going to bet maybe against the bank and go with Gorn, go against the form. But I really feel like he's going to towel up Oscar McInerney. So I'm going with with the form, and I'm actually saying Oliver. Um, I'd, Gorn, Gorny is a safe bet, though, to get minimum 110, in my opinion. Minimum. But Oliver's potential is fucking huge in this game. We saw it against the Dogs. Um, he just... <sighs> You saw it against that. Like, fucking hell. Man, man's a beast. The only the notable mentions, Jared Lyons and Hugh McCluggage um, and Dane Zorko even. But I just, I, I can't, yeah, Melbourne. Melbourne for me. And you got to go with the two big boys from Melbourne. Petrarca could go big, but I just like Oliver more. Yeah. So we'll go on to Saturday's game. St Kilda versus Sydney. This one's juicy. This one's going to be real juicy at Marvel Stadium which is interesting because I thought that they were shifting games out of the state um, unless I just haven't updated the AFL app. Uh, <laughs> so St Kilda's home game, Pato, who you got? Uh, I don't mind Jack Steele against the Swans. Um, I'm bringing him in this week, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I can see him going big against Sydney. He had a big score last year, 139 against them last year. Um, I also don't mind Callum Mills away from home. Yeah, same. You after you brought up the statistics of when he scores big is away from home. I like that stat, and that's who I was actually going to suggest. Um, other than that, Jake Lloyd coming back into his best, really. Um, they're the only ones that I can really think of. And uh, if but if you got Luke Parker, I don't mind Luke Parker, he's a bit of a yo yo at the moment, but he could go absolutely bunanas in this game. So, I don't know got Luke Parker. Oh, people do have Luke Parker. They do have Luke Parker, just not many. As Pato cracks a can, we move on to Adelaide Crows versus Collingwood. I don't mind Riley O'Brien if you've got him coming yep. off a big score against Richmond. 
and coming up against Darcy Cameron. I also really like Rory Laird in this game. Really yeah, like Rory Yeah, yeah. Don't mind Rory Laird either. Um, well, you took my Rory Laird call. Um, there's no one really else. What about Kira Knightley? <laughs> Kira Knightley. Darcy Moore. <laughs> I would not fucking captain Darcy Moore. I would just feel dirty. Just Could yeah. be a good cheeky beast, though. If you're yeah, not but on oh, yeah. Well, and this is the thing with the VCs this week. You can basically go all the way down to the Sunday game, really. Yeah. yeah. Because you've got all of these buy round players. You're going to have one on the field somewhere. <laughs> so VC is going to be huge this round. Um, more utilised than ever. Um, so, yeah, you could VC Darcy Cameron. and well, not Darcy Cameron, buddy. Darcy Moore. And then he goes fucking boonanas and you're laughing. So, yeah, I don't mind it actually, Pato. Now I changed my tune. I just couldn't put the C on him. VC I could, C I could if I had him. Um, Essendon versus Richmond. Dreamtime at the OS at the Optus Stadium. Best in the West. Who's it going to be, Pato? Who have you got? I kind of like Jack Rewalt for King Supercoach. Oh, so you're banking in the J Ru, J Ru to go Boonanas. Okay, Um, only for the bands. I actually really like Dusty. I I feel like this is the stage for him. I I actually really like Shay Bolton to be honest. Chuck a VC on him. Whoever's got him, he was Dreamtime game. Just saying, he was unreal last year in the Dreamtime game. He got the medal. I will look up what he scored super coach wise, but he was no doubt best on ground in that game. He was unbelievable. Yeah, 131. Yeah, there you go. And then you got Darcy Parrish, who's just every week he's getting better. Like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, Parrish will merit, I really like as well. Yeah. So you got a you got a few options in that game. Um, but the J Roo one, I don't mind. I actually don't mind a VC J Roo because like let's be real that the last game of this round, which we're about to get to, um, you could pretty much auto see one player in there. Um, anyway, we'll go on to Carlton versus West Coast Eagles. And I'm sure that you've got to say who I think you're going to say in this one, Pato. Just quickly, I've got no idea how this... You just mentioned it before. How's this game being played at the MCG? Not at the MCG, down, yeah. We're, uh, oh, we're yeah, not, that one, yeah. It's at the MCG. We're not gonna be, yeah, we're not going to be able to lock down anytime soon, Dana. I can't see it happening, sadly. Yeah. Um, so that's a real strange one. I don't know what the AFL are doing. I don't know if they know what they're doing. Well, the Saturday game, but, St Kilda versus Sydney, is at Marvel. So, yeah, exactly. So we know Carlton are playing West Coast. We don't know where that game's going to be. It doesn't really matter. I actually don't mind Zach Williams in this game. Zach Williams. Interesting. Zach Williams. Interesting. I hope you're right for my benefit and yours. Um, I thought you were going to go with Patrick Cripps just to to basically tear West Coast a new asshole and demand a bigger paycheck from them when he switches over at the end of the season. <laughs> See, the thing with Patrick Cripps is they've got Elliot Yo that came back shockingly. Um, no one saw it coming. Straight back in after that osteitis pubis issue. Um, so he, he might go head-to-head against Cripps. And he has shown in the past that Elliot Yo is quite the tagger. I, I remember a game... No, but tagging. I remember a game a couple of years ago where... He randomly tagged Nat Fife and had about 30 in the game. And he was averaging 110 before that. So it shocked everyone. But he took Nat Fife out of that game. And 
I'm not saying he will tag, but I, he, it could be one of those head-to-head ones where Cripps has to be aware of what Yo's doing and it might just cost his score. But look, if he's going to start exploding, I think this will be a really good option as a VC, Patrick Cripps. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the one that I thought you were going to say for VC, yeah. Um, the other one, Sam Walsh, obvious reasons. Um, I won't mind Andrew Gaff in this one. I just got it. And it's based on nothing. <laughs> it's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. So for the last game, which is where most of the captains will come from, Fremantle versus the Western Bulldogs at Optus Stadium. Can't go past who, Paddo? Can't go past Bontempelli or McRae. Yeah, you just can't. And you've, you've pretty much got to pick which one you think is going to go bigger, which is going to be a nightmare for me for the rest of the year, having both of them. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, look, yeah, I Frio may look at tagging like they did against who did they tag last week? Tom Mitchell was it? Tom Mitchell? I don't know. Do not care because I just Bontempelli and freaking McRae. It doesn't matter who you tag. They won't tag McRae. Apparently, he's not going to be in the All Australian team because even though he gets thirty-five disposals a game, he's not damaging enough. Well, I'm happy for opposition coaches to think he's not damaging enough. Yeah, I'm he's happy for that too. For me, so I'm happy for that. Now, the other one's um, Fife. Can't go past Fife's life. Um, but the yeah, other one... Very, yeah, Very yeah. pathetic though. So I think this could be very ugly, even though it's over at Optus. No, no I've got one I more. I've got one more. i got one more. Yeah, go for it. It's Sean Darcy. Fun fact, in my Supercoach draft team, when I click optimize because I got Super Coach Gold, it actually automatically puts the C on Sean Darcy because his projected is higher than Jack McRae's. <laughs> That's absurd. He must have had a big game against them, a big game against them last year. Now let me look it up. Yeah, he's it's it's a weird one. It's a weird one, but yeah, Sean Darcy and his run has been pretty fucking good too. And I know, I know some people out there do have him now. Um, because they couldn't afford Gorn. Like, this is his last four. Like, last game, he went 83. Um, one, and I, to be honest, I didn't even see him most of the game. I saw him, like, fall over a few times, but and he still got an 83. So, he went 114, 146, 112, then an 83. So, he must have he must have gone big or something against um, the Western Bulldogs previously. Surely. Surely, yeah, yeah, one thirteen last year, when he wasn't even scoring that great. So, so I, that must be what the projection is suggesting. His projector's only one fourteen, so I don't know how he's your optimized captain. I don't know either. Let's. What's Jack McRae's projected, Pato? One hundred six. There you go. That's why they're picking Sean Darcy over Jack McRae in optimized. My house that Jack McRae is going to get a lot more than one hundred six. Yeah, fair, fair. Yep. Okay. Well, that was a good, good uh, podcast there today, Pato. So we'll post our VC and C options on Facebook and Twitter. Now, what's your Twitter handle, Pato? My Twitter handle is at P A T O S triple C. That's Pato Supercoach Co Captains. Yep. And mine is at D A N E O S triple C. That is at Dano Supercoach Co Captains. And you can find us on Facebook at the Supercoach Co Captains. Um, yeah, good shit. So we'll see if who wins this challenge this week. We'll post the results um, of who won. And yeah, hopefully it's not me because 
I'm going to make Pado buy a blender and blend some tuna with some tomato sauce and some milk. Oh, it'd be great. Gross. <laughs> anyway, that's it from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains. I'm Dano. And I'm Pado. And this is us signing the fuck off, legends. <laughs>